1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern, and Pastor Ken Keltner on
0: 1250
3: AM, The Fan. My soul. Yeah, Welcome to Faith You're in right the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, again, flying solo this week. I can tell you it's getting closer when my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner, from Brookside Baptist Church, We'll be back in studio, and I'm looking forward to that day. So if you listen to Faith in the Zone, you've heard me say this a lot. I envy young people who have figured this thing out a lot earlier than I did. You know, I'm 100% Irish, a little bit stubborn, and uh, I wish that I would have figured this out, and I wish that I would have become, you know, a believer a lot earlier in my life because I could have talked, and I could have uh, planted a lot more seeds. I could have talked to a number of people. Well. Look, this guy, this young guy, and and I don't know, we, we haven't had too many people over the eight and a half years younger than Zach Schumacher. Hey, Zach, how you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Zach just turned 20 years old. He just turned 20. I, at the age of 20, I, I literally didn't know where my socks were. And this young guy, I'm telling you, man, I've done a lot of research on him, and he is he knows he knows what he, what he wants and he is driven and he's gonna make some things happen. There's a number of ways to follow him, and I'm gonna go through these throughout throughout the show. Um, email, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube for me, going on YouTube was the best because I got a chance to, to to watch and listen to a lot of his interviews. and we'll talk about what he's doing right now. But his YouTube, uh, channel is Shoesie. So it's it's Shoes. It's uh, S-C-H-U for Schumacher, Z for Zach. Shoes Interviews. And if you go there, you go to Facebook, go to Twitter, you're going to be able to see a lot of things that this 20-year-old young man is doing. Hey, Zach, I, I thought... That it was just about it was all high school um, basketball players that you were interviewing, all big time Division One guys going all over. And then on your YouTube channel, it's not. You've had some coaches, you've had some other people, and and I think you do a great job. And so congratulations on on what you're doing at this point. You're, you're still in college, right?
4: Yes, correct. Yep.
3: So you're taking care of your 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 classes. I know you're going online, and and look, twenty year old guys especially who live out in Arizona, are thinking, I want to go to Arizona State because I've been to that campus and there's a bunch of pretty girls over there, I'll go to Arizona, or I'll go here. Yeah, That did not draw you. What drew you was, if I go online, then I can continue doing what I really want to do and what I hope to do in the future.
4: Yep, correct. Yeah, so I kind of was, all like I said, I mean, I, I, kind of, I know we'll kind of go through my story a little bit, but that was kind of, you said, the plan. I just wanted to... Fall in love with my passion, pursue all that. Obviously, if God brings growth in me in my life, eventually I'll follow that. But pretty much, it was just all for going online and making sure I could continue my path and my career.
3: So let's talk a little bit about um, you. Grew up, uh, you're in Arizona, and. You guys, your family moved, and, and you were playing, I think, middle, league, uh, middle school basketball and and pretty good basketball player with an with a thought, man, I'd like to play in college and maybe play in the NBA. A lot of kids have that dream, but you're obviously very driven. And when you moved, um, it's funny because I talk about this on my home improvement show every once in a while. There was an issue with the house, and you guys did not know it, correct?
4: Yeah, Correct.
3: So black mold so, was in the home, and 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 I can tell you that I know the severity of what that means. You know, I I by doing that 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 home improvement show and talking to Bingo Emmons, who owns Creative Construction of Wisconsin, he said, "Look, people don't understand um, how just deadly this can be if they if they don't uh, figure it out and find out what's going on." So, Zach, when when that happened, let's let's start with kind of your background at that point.
4: Yeah, so, I guess I mean, I grew up always born and raised in Arizona. My family, my mom's from Minnesota, my dad's from Kansas. But um, we we're going through, like I said, I mean, you kind of brought it in perfectly. I grew up playing basketball, was my dream. I was born in March, right during March of Madness. And my dad had pretty much taken my baby pictures, everything was in Jayhawk stuff. And we're just kind of born right into the basketball lifestyle. My parents weren't, obviously, long-term pro players or anything. My mom was going to play college at college basketball, and then she ended up carrying her ACL. And, that shut down that career. But um, I just kind of fell in love with the game, wanted to pursue basketball in the back of my mind though. I always had the end desire. The goal the dream was to be an NBA general manager. Obviously first and foremost was playing basketball as far as I could go. But after that was to be a GM controlling the team roster in the NBA. And at that point in time, I always like knew that was a passion. So I was obviously working towards basketball and seventh, eighth grade came around. We moved actually in seventh grade from just a little bit over from, from Chandler to Gilbert. And at that home, like you said, there was toxic black mold there. We didn't find that out until about eighth grade for me. So my some people, like you said, I mean, they can react differently. Some are allergic to it. Some can become very sick like my mom and I myself did. Some will just get a runny nose, sinus infections, whatever it might be. That was the case with my dad and my brother. Um, my sister didn't get too much. It was kind of just a mixture of in between, but we didn't know that. And so we just, we're pretty healthy. I mean, obviously we had sickness, sicknesses or whatever, like typical people do, but all of a sudden seventh, eighth grade, I started missing, I think it was 40 some days, my seventh grade year, 32 days in school, my eighth grade year, I was pretty sick. And a lot of people in Arizona, especially don't think of black mold as something that's going to happen to you. I mean, we live in the desert. There's not much water. There's really rarely anything's going to happen. When we do get rain. It's not like it's going to flood anything. So Arizona isn't too well known for how to handle that or what it is. You don't even really look at it. We didn't know about it at the time either. Us people maybe in Florida or whatever it might be are a little bit more aware. They know more about it because of the rain, water, and all that. So we were just getting sick, kept having this stuff happening. We started getting tests done. All this different type of stuff happening, and we did fusions started start getting our immune system up. And that's what really hit my mom and I. It was we didn't have our immune system was pretty much gone. I mean, we didn't have much left fighting stuff. So we would get certain illnesses rather than be the flu or the summary flu or for my case, I got mono It would be certain things that became much more extreme than most people would, or from my family gets the flu just because we did not have anything to fight it off. So as we got more and more developed in that, we got immune boosters and stuff like that. And, and IVs and different stuff to help, help us get through that. We got more and more testing done and, Somebody, I forgot exactly how it happened, but someone gave us the idea, you know, this, these are some the symptoms of black mold. It could be something that happened. We found a company that goes out and can detect it and whatnot. They start going to our old house and going through things. And we have a, we had a theater at the old house. That's somewhere they said, like, okay, this is really bad. they detected the beginning. So we stopped living in there for a little bit. Happened in my mom and dad's bathroom and bedroom. Um, a few other places throughout the house. But all of a sudden, they found out, and so they start ripping behind stuff and the walls and everything, and they found a ton of it. And there's toxic black mold as you mentioned. Obviously, it's not supposed to be this. They have to pretty much gut the entire room, all those areas, tear down the walls pretty much completely, wow. redo it all. That obviously helps get, get better at the point, but it doesn't just because you're not around anymore, it doesn't just eliminate the symptoms, eliminate everything from it. You still deal with the different effects that come from the black mold long-term, and i got better, I'm still on medicine, treatment, and all that, but obviously I don't, I'm not, I sick that I once was before, but it, I still do have symptoms of it. I still can get stuff, I still have to go through medication, still go through testing and stuff like that pretty consistently. So obviously at that point in time, I was looking at, all right, I can't play basketball, I was sick, I was trying to get better. I was still trying to play when I was healthy and whatnot, seventh and eighth grade, played freshman year at high school level. Going to sophomore year, I then transferred out to Castillo High for a new high school, I was that good Christian originally. Uh, the school that someone like Mitch Leifold played at had legendary coach Kurt Keener was coaching out there. We moved out there to go to Castile then. At that point, I was I was better. I still was sick. started so symptoms. still was having to deal with certain stuff. but I was better, but obviously missing three years of development practice. Still having side effects is not easy for development during that time span. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to still take it seriously. I still played throughout the sophomore year. At the conclusion of it, though, as a year was kind of going towards the end of it, I started thinking more and more stuff, started praying more and more to God about what does he have in store for me? Because obviously I said, my main goal wasn't always just to play basketball, it was to be a GM at that point in time. I had to kind of de- determine what does he want me doing? And I just kind of decided we always go to summer league, the NBA Summer League out in Las Vegas. My dad and I have always been, that's kind of become a family tradition for us too. My brother's joined us a couple of times and stuff like that. But we went out there and, It was that July or June, whatever, June, July, I guess, the second week of it. We were out there for the first week, I think we always do. And I decided as a sophomore at that point, heading into junior year, I just want to go, typically my goal is always to to meet my favorite players or whatever at that point. But that year, I made an effort to make sure I go and introduce myself and meet as many of the NBA general managers as possible. And through that, I got to actually talk to about 15, 16, 17 of them but about eight of them I created really strong connections with, where I still talk to them to this day. I've emailed back and forth, whatever it might be. Guys like Mitch Kupchak, the Charlotte Hornets general manager, Kobe Altman, the Cleveland Cavaliers general manager, um, John Hammond, the I mean, Atlanta Matic general manager, James Jones and Trevor Buckstein from Phoenix, Bob Myers from Golden State. Hey, hey, uh, the list hey, kind of goes on.
3: Hey, Zach, can I, I ask so you, I... Know, I Zach? I don't mean to stop you, but wait, that first year, you were 16 years old, yes? Yeah, correct. And, yeah. and, and, I look, I coached basketball for a long time. i I don't know, including myself, I don't know many sixteen year olds that have the courage and, and 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 just to be able to walk up and introduce themselves to NBA general managers where where do you think that came from?
4: That was just a god-given gift I have to say i my mom and my dad always made jokes about that because it's been since I've been a little kid. Like, I have someone that honestly, I've always said I pretty much legitimately only fear God. When I was a baby or a young kid, I didn't like snakes, but that was about it. But there was nothing that's really ever feared me. I've never feared a single thing in life. If there's something to go do, I'll go do it. Never really thought of anything as fearful for me. I just thought it'd be natural. Just, okay, I want to meet this guy. I'm going to go do it. And so there was never really a shyness or a timidness or a fear behind me for that, to be honest. I think it was just a God given gift because literally, since I've been. Able to walk and talk, I'd go up and I'd talk to NBA players. If I could if they were at some place, or I'd go and try to find myself onto a court to go meet a player when I was eight, nine, ten years old. Like I met Arkeith Morris by doing stuff like that when he was back in the Phoenix Suns. Um, it's just really been something that since I've been a kid, I've just really haven't feared anything at that point, to be honest.
3: Wow, I Jack, that that I, I'm telling you that that's really impressive to me. And 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 again with the research I did before uh, this show. I know a lot of twenty-year-olds, right? Kids I coach are now that age, and and you don't carry yourself as a twenty-year-old. You, you you have a lot of maturity, and I've got to believe that that's something that your parents have have talked to you about as well. That you know, I I just am, am very impressed with how buttoned up you are. I'm really impressed how how you're really strong, obviously in the social space, which a twenty-year-old kid should be and you and i are really opposite that way right i mean i I'm, I'm an old grandfather of five and i sit and i'm i'm watching the stuff that you're doing and posting and and it's really good and, and i'm like man this 20 year old kid's putting me to shame i i have to be honest with you hey and, and, and at that point and i don't we we've only got a couple of minutes left in this segment but you continued then to 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 meet other general managers and continue to do the kind of things that, that you thought were, were going to help you in the future, correct?
4: Yeah, so I kind of met those guys, and some of the biggest ones I listed, John Hammond from Orlando, Mitch Kupchak from Charlotte, uh, Kobe Altman from Cleveland, Those are some of the and some of the Phoenix Suns ones, Trevor Buckstein, James Jones, a couple other ones too, but those were the main ones that I started getting to know. And obviously at that point, like I said, the main reason I was hoping was okay, I kind of feel like basketball may not be my thing anymore at that point of the, going in my junior year. Um, what do I go and pursue then? And, and I kind of asked them, I'm like, okay, is there obviously I'm not going to get a general managing job at that age. I knew that. But was there a way to get involved, internship, or talking to them, or working some way, shape, or form in an NBA organization? And ultimately for them, I mean, they often liking us to talk to them. They're great guys. There wasn't an opportunity in terms of that. I mean, you have to, they rarely give it to guys in their upper classroom years of college. But it typically was going to be after you finishing, you get your degree and graduate. So 22, 23, 24 years old. Even today, obviously, I still wouldn't be old enough to get that. But there was obviously that point. I just said, okay, so that's not something I could do. What do I do then? And I decided out of the blue, I've always had a heart. My sister was adopted from Bulgaria. And I've always just wanted to give back. I've sponsored a child, um, a couple of kids, actually, through World Vision and stuff like that. I've always wanted to give back to other people in need in other countries. I've always been where God kind of led my, put in my heart to go and pursue. So out of nowhere, pretty much, I decided to go and run a marathon. And I, I still don't know exactly what it was. Just one of those things that God gave me. And the opportunity approach where through my church and all, they were partnering up with different companies. And if I raise enough money per mile, whatnot, I'd be able to get donations to go give clean water to people in Africa, families and communities in Africa. I decided to pursue that. So I've always been someone that, like I said, played basketball, Is always in shape or whatnot. I decided to go and pretty much just get ready for a marathon. And I was still dealing with the sicknesses. And obviously, a little funny story about that, i never really ran anything. I didn't like running prior to that. But um, I actually got – I did a 10-mile run in December. The, the marathon was February 9th. I did a 10-mile run in the end of December. And after that happened, I did it. I was fine, whatever. I got back, and about the next couple of days, I ended up getting a relapse, getting sick again with a lot of different stuff. Ended up not allowing myself to train the entire month of January. Missed all four weeks of that month. And so I got back and was feeling better again, finally, about February 1st or 2nd. I didn't get another run over five miles up until that marathon, which is obviously 26.2 <laughs> miles. And so I just basically did a one-mile run, a three-mile run, and a five-mile run the final day before it. And... At that point, okay, I'm going to marathon. Never ran it. The most I've ever done in my life was 10 miles, and I ended up going through it. And I was too young at the time; I was only 16, so I wasn't able to qualify for Boston Marathon. But I was able to time-wise, I was able to get the Boston Marathon time in that one time. So that was pretty much how that happened. And I got home that night, did a Epsom salt bath just to kind of recover from the run. And all of a sudden, I was just praying to God, thanking Him for it, get me through it or whatnot. I got the, all of a sudden the vision and the idea that okay why not start a podcast? And I obviously didn't do anything besides it. My mom is a Christian writer. She's wrote books. She's done a lot of stuff like that, but nothing on the speaking, or she's spoken public a few different times, but nothing like a podcast form. My dad's a CFO of a company. He's obviously involved in the podcast world as well. So I decided to just jump into it and figure out where do I go from here? And that's kind of where God brought me that night and how I kind of got this whole thing started.
3: We're going to get to a break. So again, he's 20 years old. Zach Schumacher, he is. Yeah, you can follow him. The best way for me, either Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, and you can get all the information about him. Other places to find him, but shoes interviews, S C H U Z. So it's Schumacher and Zach shoes interviews, and, and you can fo- go to YouTube, go to Facebook, and and the kid has some. I'm, he's not a kid. The the young man has some incredible things that you can, if you're a basketball fan, if you're a sports fan, or if you just want to know about some of the best players throughout the state, is the guys that listen to the show. know. man, high school basketball is my favorite. And so listening to some of these guys, how they made their decisions on where they're going, I'm uh, going to Iowa state or I'm going to Duke and here's why. And, and I grew up in a small town in Nebraska and I I've never had a trainer, but this is what I'm planning. Just really good stuff. And again, Follow him or go to Facebook, choose Interviews, or go to YouTube. And again, S-C-H-U-Z Interviews, and take a look at some of his stuff. We're going to ask him for his testimony on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
3: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, the fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest. He is Zach Schumacher. Zach, do you, does it bother you that I keep saying how young you are?
4: No, I'm pretty used to it, to be honest. Now, I've, I've been talked about that, and most people are always shocked by when, they, when I say my age. So, yeah, I mean, it's no problem at all. Hey, but
3: did you have a good 20th birthday? Yeah, it was pretty good, actually. We
4: just got back from Kansas. We went out there for, I was kind of my, like I said, I grew up in a Kansas Jayhawk family. So I kind of was born into, I don't like getting too biased of different people with my favorite team, but that wasn't who I was born into. So I went out there and saw them win the Big 12 championship versus Texas. So it was a pretty good game that day. But we went out there, saw family, because that's where my dad's side is from. So it was honestly a great a great one.
3: Yeah. And, you know, um, again, I, I went to a bunch of coaches' clinics throughout the years. And, uh, Bill Self is really good in those coaches' mm-hmm. clinics. I have, I have to tell you, he was entertaining, uh, he was funny, and he very informative. You know, some coaches come out and they're going to talk about, you know, the, the uh, Jim Bam, we're going to talk about this 2-3 zone, a little bit dry, and he just kind of goes through it. But a guy like Self, man, he will rip on himself. He'll rip on some of the players. He just has some fun, but he teaches really, really well. Not a bad program for you to be a big fan of. I'd prefer if you were a big Wisconsin Badger fan, but you know what? That's coming. You still, at 20, I can still move the needle a little bit with with you. Hey, Zach, um, the second segment of Faith in the Zone uh, is, is not only my favorite, but it's a favorite of a bunch of people that I talk to that listen to Faith in the Zone Um, And and as a 20-year-old, again, I envy that you figured this out this early in your life. Can you share your testimony with us?
4: Yeah, so I guess I mean, I kind of grew up in a Christian family. It wasn't something where it was too foreign to me. It just, I knew what it was kind of from the day I was born. My mom is a very strong believer. My dad's also a strong believer. So I kind of just was born, like I said, it was something that, I grew up loving God, loving the Lord, knew the stories, went to church pretty much from the day I was born, baptized right away, etc. It wasn't too crazy about coming to to God and following His story, but obviously anyone that grows up in the faith knows that it's not something that just the day you're born you have that personal one on one one on one relationship with Him. So as I grew in my faith, it got closer and closer to the point where. I eventually separated and said, okay, obviously my family still has the foundation. They they are helping me, they guide me throughout this journey. But I truly trusted in God and, and really started forming that one-on-one relationship where I talk to him nightly, where I talk to him in the morning, throughout the day. I rely on him and I truly formed that. Obviously, it's always growing. You're never going to have a perfect relationship that it's just always the greatest. You're hopefully, obviously, the goal is to expand every each and every single day you live. So around about, it was like, I mean, I was pretty early on too, to be honest about that aspect, but around... Middle school is sixth, seventh grade is when I got uh, baptized, and on my own decision, at least. And so, from that point going forward, it was just something that I knew that's what I wanted to pursue. I knew that I wanted to follow the Lord and trust in Jesus and make him my Lord and Savior. And I just kind of grew from the aspect. Obviously, there's always been going to be trials and tribulations. It's going to be times, like I mentioned, throughout seventh grade, eight, freshman year, dealing with illnesses, dealing with different stuff. Obviously, it sounds a lot easier when I explain my story. Like, I mean, giving up basketball to go pursue the stuff, it's worked out great for me now. But at the time, it wasn't obviously the easiest decision to move on from the game I played for so long. A lot of that different stuff happens, and there are trials and tribulations. There are times you question, God, why is this happening? Why is that happening? But all, overall, like I said, the main goal has been always to grow my relationship with him, fall in love more and more with him each and every single day. And that's ultimately where I can say I am today. So, I mean, it's not as crazy as some people coming to God and coming to the, the relationship and becoming a strong believer in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But for me, it kind of was just, like I said, a natural growth and just kind of getting to this point that I'm at today and still continuing to grow.
3: Well, I'll tell you this, Doug, you know, I, and and I told you this off the air, there, there are people that have come on this this radio show and, and the worst thing they ever did in their life was steal a candy bar. And then there are guys like me and, and, and Pastor Daryl Strawberry and some other guys that, that went a different direction. And and what I love is, is is God's willing to accept you into his family. He's willing to accept me mm-hmm. into his family. He's willing to accept anybody that says, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I can't do it anymore. Obviously, I've tried, and this has not worked, pal. So I need some help. I need some direction. I need some guidance. For me, that when we talked in the first segment, and you got done running that marathon, and you and, and you took a bath to recover from it, and it's not a coincidence that the, all of a sudden you started thinking about, boy, maybe this podcast, maybe I should think about this. That was the Lord's way of saying, you know what? Here's what I have in mind for you. Here, here's the direction I want you to go. And when we had Tony Dungy on this show, Zach, all he talked about for an hour was, was platform. What, what platform <laughs> is the Lord giving you and what are you doing with the platform? He said, look, I have this big, giant platform. But if you work at a grocery store, you work at a gas station in the corner. You have your platform, and what are you doing with that platform? And I can tell you, your platform—it's grown. I—it I, is—it's growing, and it's going to continue to grow. And the only—the only hope I have for you is you continue to walk worthy, and you continue to utilize the platform. And what's cool, Zach, is you can do the things you love. You love doing what you're doing, and I can hear it, and I see it when I watch you interview. And some of these people that I've been watching, I can see the passion you have about not only these people you're interviewing and, and the interest you have in their lives, but the game of basketball. And and I think by utilize your your platform um, to continue to to just walk worthy and look as Christian men, we are and Christians in general to be peculiar. Right. We, we don't have to use mm-hmm. the kind of language that some guys use. We don't have to look and watch some of the things that people in the secular world, what they watch and listen to. And I just think, you know what, you're going to make the amount of, of seeds that you're going to be able to plant with this big platform that you have. Guys, if you like, it doesn't even matter if you're not a big sports fan, but you listen to the show for the face side of it. Think about this. 20 years old. And he said, "Look, my parents, my mom's a Christian writer, and and this is how this is how we lived." I envy that. People come to me and say, "Hey, look, you can talk to a lot of people that I can't talk to because I've never had a drink or I've never done any drugs, I've never done any of that. You have, and they're going to want to talk to you." I envy guys like Zach. I, 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 man, his mom and dad, if they were here in Milwaukee, I'd go and hug them. I'd say, "You did well, and you got to be really proud." Go, go on the YouTube channel. It's uh, Schu's S C H U Z, so it's Schumacher. It's S C H U, and then Z for Zach interviews. Shoes interviews, and take a look at at how composed he is. Some of the questions he uses and 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 talks to these kids, these these other kids that are his age. He's in charge of the interview. I'll tell you that right now. Hey Zach, when when. Um, when you t- talked and made that decision that, look, this is now mine. I own this. I was born. They they showed me the way, but but now I need to, to make sure that I do it and I own it. When you talk to friends of yours and you have these conversations, um, comfortable for you to talk to them about where you are in your faith? Yeah,
4: most definitely. And to be honest on my side, I honestly am someone that, Honestly, in terms of like a friend group, I don't have much that. I have my family, and that's kind of the way I have purposely kept it, just because a lot of the guys, to be honest, are a lot of guys that do talk about certain stuff like that will be these players that I've grown close to over the time. And obviously, I've interviewed, done over 1,020 interviews, I believe now. Yeah, I'm at 1,200 or 1,026 in that total interviews. Not all of them I'm as close to as others, but there are certain players that I have been with from pretty much the beginning that I've grown close to with. And then, obviously, my brother and my family those people I trust too. And so with those type of guys, I am open. And obviously whenever there's time to discuss faith and all that, I definitely get into that. And kind of mentioned earlier, I mean, going through the whole aspect of not really being fearful stuff. I mean, I'm not really ashamed or scared to talk about my faith rather be on an interview with somebody rather be on an interview with you in this situation. If that's just a one-on-one relationship, talk with somebody, talk in public, whatever it is, that's something I'm totally open to talking about and going into. I mean, honestly in that aspect, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm ever nervous about any of that, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to talking to really whoever it is about my faith and where I stand with that.
3: Zach, I'll tell you and I've told this story a hundred times and I apologize for the people listening. But we had a guy named Mike Lightfoot, all time winning as division three basketball coach in the country. Uh, mm-hmm. at a college in Indiana, we had him on Faith in the Zone this a number of years ago. And I said, Coach, are, are you, how comfortable are you sharing your 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 faith and your testimony? Um, with people and he said Mike inside the locker room no problem feel very confident players change every year coaching staffs I'm in the locker room I'm great but I really struggled outside I struggled outside the locker room and I I read a couple books and I, I took a class at church and nothing helped and then I read a book called I'm not a fan and he said I spent an extra three dollars for a bracelet those rubber bracelets and it said I'm not a fan and I was in the grocery store in the produce department woman standing next to me said, hey, who, who aren't you a fan of? And he said, I'm not a fan of Jesus Christ. And she said, excuse me? He said, I'm not a fan because fans sit on the sidelines. I'm a follower. Can I tell you about it? He said, Mike, I went out and bought like 100 of these bracelets because that has opened so many doors for me. And he said, I firmly believe the Lord wants me talking about this, and he knows I'm struggling. And then he, he this bracelet just literally has opened doors all over the place for me that I never go anywhere without it. And and so when you say, look, I'm, I'll have that conversation with you. Um, when you interview these, these se- mostly seniors in high school that are division one or going to a division one school, d- d- I would assume that there are certain things they, they might say within the interview that you got a pretty good feeling that you can go down that path with them.
4: Yeah, most definitely. And that's, one thing that when I got into this path and all, I really the biggest inspiration for me wanting to go and be a part of media is for two reasons. A, on the general managing side of it, there wasn't much opportunity in terms of platform. Obviously, like a lot of people know their names, the big whatnot. But in terms of media time, you don't get much interviews where you can go possibly spread the word. Obviously, this don't offer, everyone's got an opportunity to spread his word in some way, shape, or form. But if I had a choice, obviously, being on TV or the air, or whatever it might be, is a Opportunity in that aspect, so that that was a big aspect for me. Why I really wanted to do that because, like I said, general managers they're just not going to be able to speak too often in interviews. They can't when they do an interview on a podcast or whatever. They can't do too much discussing because of NBA rules, whatever it might be. So that was a huge aspect. And the other aspect too was just wanted to kind of clean up some things. Obviously, a lot of the media is not always the best in terms of at the NBA and NCA level in terms of leaking different player stuff or not really being there for the players aspect, being more for themselves. So. That was really two of the biggest things, but knowing that I had a chance to talk about that, and obviously I do interviews with different players, and not all players are believers. Out of the 1,000-whatever players I've interviewed now, not all of them are Christians. Not all of them are believers. Some might be atheists. Some might be another form of religion, whatever it might be. Obviously, those places, I always, I always given an opportunity before we start an interview. I asked them, do you want to talk about your faith? Do you want to go through that and discuss that? oftentimes I'd say probably about 80% of them, 80, 80, 80, 85% probably are comfortable with that. The other probably 5% probably aren't comfortable talking about whatever their faith might be. The rest of them just don't have a faith that so we don't to, don't get go into that. But for those that do want to talk about it, and like I said, I'll, I'll go into and discuss if a player is a Muslim or or Jewish or whatever it might be. I'm totally open and we definitely go through that. And I give the guys an opportunity to talk about their faith. But for myself, when a lot of players and thankfully, I mean, in the basketball world, I'd say a, a, lo- a large percentage, probably a more higher percentage than just the average people in the world, are believers in some way, shape, or form. There are some guys that we get into, and we'll talk—I don't know, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, if not more, maybe even about God and, and his impact on that player's life, and that, like, I just had Peter Hall on a, a guy that was an All-Conference, I believe, honorable mention in the ACC for Clemson. He's a very vocal, strong believer. We talk in depth about his relationship with God, and there's a lot of different players that are like that. Some it might just be asking them one, two, or three questions about their faith, and we spend two to five minutes on it. Whatever a player is comfortable with is something that I love getting into with them. And that's just something I love being platformed for because a lot of guys are believers, and you see them, they'll, they'll tweet out a, a Bible verse or something about God and all that stuff, but not many platforms give them an opportunity to talk about their faith. and. That's something that when they get to an NBA level, they have a massive platform. It's a lot easier, and they can just bring it up. But there's not too many people that do sit down and podcasts with a lot of Division One or high school commits. And those that do, they're not going to go in depth about their life and about religion or whatever it might be. So knowing that I can give guys the opportunity to, some guys have done it before, some guys haven't. So sometimes it's just getting guys more and more comfortable with that opportunity at a younger age, which I love doing. And ultimately, like I always pray to before interviews. God help utilize this interview to help me help the person I'm interviewing faith grow. And as well as just anyone that listens to, at least have someone have a seed plant to them or impact them in some way, shape or form. And that might be, like I said, in some guys that are not even believers, rather right? than be another faith or, um, or atheist or whatever it might be. I just make sure that I make a reference to God or say, it's God's plan or somehow shape or form. And God can somehow utilize that to draw the people to, it. and I don't know how he does it, but obviously there's different ways. And so, that kind of has been the biggest draw for me in terms of this and and trying to bring people to God.
3: Boy, I tell you what, guys, if you just joined us, he's twenty years old, just turned twenty. Zach Schumacher on Twitter. You can uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's uh, uh, is it S C H U Z? Is that how you follow you on Twitter? I'm I'm looking at it, but I'm I'm struggling because there's a couple of. Uh, A couple of different things, but that's how you would follow you on Twitter, correct? Underscore, S-C-H-U-Z, underscore. Um, I can tell you this, Proverbs 16, 9, he's right on Twitter with it. And I didn't know what this was, so I'm glad I went down a little bit. But he's got F-J-T-F-O-E, right there. First Jesus, then family over everything. And so this Mm -hmm. young man, I'm telling you, he's got some things. He talked about John Hammond and... I watched an interview with somebody who's going to Virginia with Tony Bennett. I'm going to tell Zach a couple of stories about John Hammond and Tony Bennett on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern, And Pastor Ken Kellner, only on
3: 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest for the entire hour. He's Zach Schumacher. Follow him on Twitter. Follow YouTube, uh, Shoes Interviews, S C H U. Capital Z interviews. And uh, that will get you all the information you need about this young man. And, pro- you know, if you go on Twitter and when you look at his stuff, Proverbs 16, 9 is his verse. Um, hey, you had talked about John Hammond, and I have to tell you this quick story. My son, Matthew... Um, was a pretty good high school basketball player, played Division III uh, basketball, and he had won this U.S. Army Award where he got to go to where the Bucks practice, and he got a chance to get some shots up and then listen to um, John Hammond speak a little bit. And John said, look, I, I love being a general manager for an NBA team, but I have to tell you my dream job is to be a Division three head coach at a Christian college. And and I looked at my son, and he looked at me, and we're like, what did he just say? And so when it was all over, um, we were kind of standing there, and he walked over, just I walked over and said, hey, how are you guys doing? I'm John. I said, John, I'm Mike McGivern. This my son, Matthew. It's nice to meet you. Um, I said, can I ask you a question? When you said that, did you mean that? He goes, absolutely. I said, well, Matthew goes to Calvary Baptist, he's going to Maranatha Baptist Bible College to play basketball. He said, why don't you guys come with me? Let's go up in my office a little bit. We sat. He gave us like a half hour, Zach, to talk about our faith. And then he said, so what do you guys run out of bounds? So like, what's your, I go, really? He goes, yeah, I got a great out of bounds play, but nobody will try it. I said, let me see it. We'll try it. And sure enough, he, it was just funny. He's drawing this and he's like, look, he's he's got a shade, and he's got to go here. And and I said, We'll try to put it in. And Matthew, we got in the car. Matthew, my son said, You know, our team at Calvary Baptist. I might get it, and Keith might get it, but I'm not sure everybody will get that one. I said, We'll we'll give it a shot. So John was as 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 nice a gentleman as you're ever gonna find. Tony Bennett's story. Um, I was doing a high school basketball coach's show, and, t- and Tony at this point was at Washington State, I believe. And I called out there and I said, look, we're going to do a father-son show, coaching our sons and how difficult that is not only on the dad but on the on the son. And the SID said, you know, Coach Bennett doesn't do these type of interviews during the season, but thank you for calling. I said, man, we're in Milwaukee, and this is really close to his heart. This is his home state. Would you just ask him? And she said, sir, I, I will, but I just want you to know. I said, it's okay if he says no. She gets back on the air and says, he'll give you a full hour if you want it. And he came on this show, Zach, and he talked about when he was at Green Bay, how he he would, after the practice would be over, he would, he would stay out for another 15 or 20 minutes to get shots up, and not because he wanted to or not because he needed to, but he wanted the players, if they wanted to complain about their coach, in the locker room, he was going to give them that time to do it, and he. At the end of the day, this is my father, and so he would do that. And I told Dick Bennett that story on Faith in the Zone, and he started to laugh. He said, "Mike, we Tony and I have never talked about that, but I knew he. I knew what he was doing. I knew the third practice exactly what this young man was doing, and I really, really was thankful and respected that he made that decision." not because he needed to shoot more, not because he wanted to, but he would let those players complain about their coach, and he didn't want to be there or hear it. And so mm-hmm. I, I have – look, I'm a huge fan of Tony Bennett, huge fan of John Hammond. So when you talk about – you know, the, and, and on the interview with a young man from Nebraska, when he said, look, when he played me ping pong, I knew I was going there. And that was a young man that, that talked openly about his faith to you. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. Isaac Trout's definitely a great
3: kid. Man, how uh, he's a big kid, right? He's he's a six, eight, or six nine kid. Yeah, correct. He he's six
4: nine, six ten this range freshman. Part of a really good recruiting class for Tony Ben. I mean, obviously, it's way too early to say what they're going to accomplish compared to some of the great classes he's had. But they got him. They got Isaac Neely, Leon Bond. Uh, they have Ryan Dunn. They have a really solid class coming in. But yeah, so Ivy Trout, six nine, six ten range stretch. He can stretch it out. He's pretty solid athletic wise for. Was going to be able to bring out that of Virginia. But I think Tony Bennett has, has got a chance to build something really special with those four guys in that recruiting class there.
3: Hey, hey Zach, you don't need to name anybody. I, and you don't have to say, oh, this. But have you, um, with all the interviews you've done, have you been disappointed at times with some of these guys?
4: I, I think it's developed over time. I mean, I don't know. There's been obviously in the very beginning there would be guys that are more difficult than others to interview. But – I, when I look back at it, I, I don't know if it's necessarily it was always them or myself. I, I know recently I, I've kind of gone to only interviewing guy, high school guys when they do their commitment, college commitments and then obviously any time of the year for college or pro players but um, and coaches as well. But back in the very beginning, I, I occasionally pretty much often actually went out and interviewed guys that were eighth graders or freshmen just starting to build a name for themselves. And so those were a little more difficult. And, and I wouldn't necessarily blame them. I mean, these were – what, 15, 14, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds, they've never done it before. So it's the first ever interview. It's never easy. So, And at the same time, too, I mean, I've developed a lot since my very first one. My first one, I always laughed about it. was with my brother, actually, who's also a, a D1 recruit, but he's, it was pretty bad. I mean, it was like two or three minutes long. I didn't, like I said, I literally have never had any form of experience in interviewing or anything like that when I started this. So that, I believe, was more so my fault. I'd say, though, in the past, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or so. I don't think there's been anything. I mean, there's obviously some that are better than others, some that just are better. And oftentimes it's because of how much more they've had happen in their life. Guys that have been playing five or six years in college basketball, guys that have been going through an NBA process, an NFL process. Like, that stuff, they have more stuff to talk about. So it just obviously becomes longer and better. But I couldn't say if there's anything I've been disappointed at because of a player, what they did per se.
3: Is there on Facebook or Twitter, is there a way to see that first interview? I'd love to see that one. I'd love to see the first one because I know how hard I struggle. I'm a sales guy here. I am not uh, a radio guy. I I have no training with any of this, but I'm an Irish guy who likes to ask questions and, and just have conversations But, man, if yeah, maybe we'll get to a break. Maybe during the break you'll let me know how I can find that first one. I I would love that. He is Zach Schumacher. If you listen to the show, you know the last segment I asked guys to put every uniform you've ever uh, worn, put them in a closet, pick one out. Well, I'm going to ask Zach Schumacher this. All the interviews, 1,000 and 1,200 interviews, is that the number you gave me?
4: Yeah, it's right around there. I believe, let me see, I have the exact number it's written down. It's 1,027
3: to be exact as a right 1,020, and he's, again, he's 20 years old, guys. Um, we're going to ask him, of all of those he's done, is there one that he would pick out of the closet and do a redo? And whether because he thought, man, I missed the mark, or I'd like to do that one again, or because it was just the best he had the best time, and he liked to relive that. We're going to ask Zach Schumacher that on the other side of the break. Again, you can go to YouTube. It's Schu's S-C-H-U capital Z interviews, like Schumacher and the Z for Zach interviews. Follow him on Twitter. Go to Facebook, Instagram. A um, number of ways that you can watch and listen to some of this guy's stuff. And I'm, I'm telling you, 10 years from now, I'm going to tell people I knew him when. I I interviewed him a couple days after he turned 20. He's not going to remember me, but I will remember him. He is Zach Schumacher. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan.
3: Welcome back Every to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. Me, the fan, our special guest, Zach Schumacher. I'll tell you what, I, I this this show will get replayed a number of times. Really impressed with him. And if, if his mom, Lori, and his dad, Brian, happen to listen to this one day, guys, I want you to know... That, this is really a quality, quality young man, and he is a great ambassador for, for you two and your family, and I thank you for, for the guidance that you, have, that you gave him as a young man, and I'm sure that you're really, really proud of him, and you should be. You know, I've talked to him a number of times now, and he's always extremely respectful, and he's very kind, and he's really kind with his time here uh, today. And Lori and Brian, well done. That's all I can tell you. You did good. Hey, Zach, last segment on Faith and Zone, we, we've only got about four and a half minutes. All the interviews you've done, 1,027 or whatever that number is, I take them all and put them in the closet. You get to pick one out to do a redo. For for whatever reason it is, which interview do you do uh, or do you take out of the closet and do it again?
4: You know, It took some time to think about it because it's been a lot of great ones. Um, I've had some that's been like a fun one where I had Coach Sundance Wicks on. He's one of the associate coaches for uh, Wyoming basketball. He was one of my coaches growing up actually at a powerhouse down in Arizona. He's the one that actually gave me my nickname shoes because my brother and I both play together and obviously they take the shoemaker part and you take off that and you put the Z on the end and they kind of brought that down a little bit. So that's kind of how the shoes actually started from him. So it was fun having him on for one of the coaches' interviews before and with other ones, but I, when I thought about like the the ones that probably was the craziest for me, at least, would be probably the one I have with most space because that. Obviously, my main goal, like I said before, was to be an NBA general manager. and Eventually, when the time comes, kind of locking in on NBA players would be the main goal for me. And talking to a lot of different guys and having one of the NBA type podcasts or be on an NBA show is kind of one of my main goals. So. During COVID, about a year and a half ago, two years, whatever it was, actually, I guess it was probably two years ago, yeah. Um, I got to know most Space for a little bit. Obviously, the former, he's an NBA champion, played with the Golden State Warriors and all that stuff, had a great career. Um, full player for the Florida, great team, too, with all those guys. But I got to have him on it. And that was the first NBA player that I had on as actor at a point in time. So kind of living out that uh, that dream, in a sense, at that point was incredible. And he, obviously, it's not just any anyone that makes the NBA level is great. But a guy that obviously is a champion, was a great player on a championship team, had a long career, played an incredible college career out there at Florida. Everything that he accomplished, where he was a legitimate NBA player, a guy that was, solidified himself in the NBA, that was, that was huge for me because it helped me kind of get to that point where I achieved something that I always wanted to. And so going through that NBA, I think I did pretty good. Actually, that's probably one of my better performances I had, especially at that point in time. That was a huge one for me where just getting to talk about his career, going through his ups and downs in life, all that stuff was, was really a fun interview for myself. So I'd have to say if I could do anything at that point in time, it'd probably be that one. There's a lot of other considerations here. I mean, I interviewed Evan Mobley back when he was a junior in high school, and that was actually like my 30-something interview. It still was crazy how I came to be, but that was a great one. There's been countless ones, but if I had to zero in on one, I'd probably be the one most dates.
3: There it is. Uh, go, uh, guys, honestly, if you listen to the station and listen to a lot of stuff I do, you know my love for high school basketball. I think it's the purest sport. I just do. I, I think there's some stuff that's that's creeping its way into the game that I'm not a big fan of, and maybe it's because of my age. 36 years I coached and was lucky enough to be put in the Hall of Fame a few months ago and and uh, just a great blessing, and, and I'm so proud of that. But man, this, this young guy, this is a different level, what he's doing. Just a totally different level. And, and I ask you to, to, to follow him, to take a look at some of the stuff he does, watch some of these interviews. And, and I can tell you, you will be totally impressed with the way he handles himself. Zach Schumacher, I really thank you so much. Shoes, S C H U Z interviews. You can find him on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I don't know much about TikTok, so I haven't talked about that much, but at Shoes, S-C-H-U-Z on TikTok. Man, right at the end, I showed my age there, didn't I, Zach? (laughs) Yeah, it's all right, man. I know I'm old. You don't have to say anything. Hey, Zach, if (laughs) if there's anything you ever need um, from me here in Milwaukee, do not, and I tell you, do not hesitate to reach out to me. And if I can help you in any way, I will definitely do that. And, again, you tell Lori and Brian that I said you did good. You did really, really good. Zach, thank you so much for your time. Continued uh, success, stay safe, and, and continue walking worthy, young man.
4: I really appreciate the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. I've had. I've been on a few different interviews before, but to have an opportunity to talk about my faith is obviously a huge thing. So, Mike, I definitely appreciate having me on today.
3: Amen to that, Zach. Thank you very much. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 A.M. The Fan.
2: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone. Right here on 1250 AM The fans
0: I'm just a nobody trying to tell
3: everybody all about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued
0: me, you gave my heart a song to see. I'm living for the
3: world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see.